Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I'd like to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21. Matthew 21. The Word of the Lord is tested and tried and found to be trustworthy, faithful, and true. He watches over His Word to perform it. Every one of His righteous decrees endures forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Word of the Lord shall endure forever. It shall not pass away, shall never pass away. Glory to God. That's good to know. We can trust on it. We're look, looking for things that we can bank on, amen? amen, that we can trust in. Glory to God. Things that are foolproof, and God's Word is, amen? amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, thank You for this time together to study Your Word. And as we do, we invite Your Spirit to be our teacher and guide. May our spiritual eyes be open and ears, as well as our hearts, to be receptive. Thank You, dear Father God, for an understanding heart that your word may find its lodging therein and be kept enshrined until, dear Father God, fruit is produced. I thank you for each one, dear Father, in this place to be changed from glory to glory, to never be the same again. And Father, may your anointing be upon my lips that I may boldly proclaim truth in the power of the Spirit. And may you confirm your word with signs following. We'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's achieved among us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to talk to you tonight about believing your way into success. Believing your way into success. It's connected with prayer. It has something to do with prayer, but we're going to get off the series. I don't want to get too, too involved in a long or a lengthy series on prayer and so we're going to give, give you prayer from a different aspect. Matthew 21, 22 says, In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, ye shall receive. Anybody catch that? That went right over top of a few people's heads there. All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, ye shall receive. Doesn't it say that? It doesn't say that, does it? Wouldn't you like it to say that? No, there's another word in there that I skipped over, isn't there? Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing. Everybody say believing. Ye shall receive. See, believing prayer gets results. Faith or believing, the act of believing, is an important component in effective prayer. And if we want to be effective in prayer, we must understand how to believe, what to believe, or the act of believing. Believing implies action. It is not passive. It is alive, active. It's involving action on the part of the believer. Jesus said, All things are possible to him that prayeth. 
Didn't he? Oh, he didn't, did he? Boy, you're sharp. You must be well taught. Jesus said, All things are possible to him that believeth. He didn't say all things are possible to him that prayeth or to him that doubteth. If that was, were true, we'd all be there. He said all things are possible to him that believeth. And if you think about the setting in which he said that, it'll do you a whole lot of good. Well, think about it just for a moment. Now, this fellow came to Jesus and he said, Lord... I'm having a problem here with my son. I've asked your disciples to help out, but they can't help me. They can't get him delivered. They can't get him set free. So what am I supposed to do? I've come to you now to see if you can help out. And Jesus stopped the man right in his tracks and said, Look, it's not what I can do. All things are possible to him that believeth. If you believe, in other words, it's possible to you. Now, we know that all things are possible with God. But Jesus also said all things are possible to him that believeth. Notice the emphasis he places on believing. In prayer, it must be believing prayer. In making impossibilities possible, it takes believing. And taking hopeless situations and turning them around involves believing. See, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. All things are possible to him that believeth. Every one of us faces impossible situations in life. Situations in which man has no answer. Circumstances seemingly that are insurmountable. How do I work through that mess? How do I make it through that mountain and get over to the other side where there's victory and success? Well, listen to what Jesus said. If you say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe. Look at that emphasis on believe. Believe. What we believe is important. How we believe is important. Someone says, well, I don't know. I've never been taught that way, so I don't believe that way. Well, there's the problem. Someone once told me, I've been taught this way for 30 years, and if what you're saying is true, I've been taught wrong, and I'm not willing to admit that. Well, let's go back and find out what Jesus said. He's the one we should believe. He said, all things are possible to him that believeth. He said, believing prayer gets results. If you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Can you see that? Believing is essential and important. We've got to believe, beloved, that the God that we serve is a God of miracles. We also have to believe that the God that we serve desires to perform miracles. He's not dead. He's not bankrupt. He still has resources. He's the same yesterday, today, forever, and always, and has never changed. Not only does He want to do miracles, 
He is looking for people that will act on His Word so that He can do miracles. His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on the behalf of someone who believes Him, whose heart is upright before Him. Well, beloved, I believe that in order for us to get miracles, in order for us to press our way through to success, we've got to position ourselves where miracles happen. We've got to get into miracle land. And you know what that means? Get off the shore. Get out of the boat. Get out of the place of complacency and dare believe God. Let go of your senses. In some cases, let go of your human reasoning. Stop looking with your natural eye. Stop listening with your natural ear. Stop allowing fear to grip your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to get bold in this. I'm going to step out into the promised land of miracle blessing. I am going to believe my way through to, to success. I'm going to take God at His word. And it doesn't matter what comes my way or what I face in life. I am choosing to set my mind on the fact that my God is a miracle worker. And I can do all things through Christ, who is the strength of my life. I choose to develop a mindset that says, My God will do miracles for me. I'm going to stop the negative talk. I'm going to stop the unbelief. I'm going to stop magnifying the problem. Talking about my inabilities, my failures, my shortcomings, my lack. I'm going to start talking faith in God. I'm going to verbalize what I believe. You know, many believe the wrong thing. Well, I just can't do it. It's too hard for me. I can never make it. I don't know how this is going to turn out. It's just too big of a problem. How's God going to work this thing out? You know what? Shut that kind of thinking down. And get your mind renewed to the fact that nothing is too difficult for God. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what you see or I see, or how difficult it may seem to be, or how insurmountable the, the, the mountain appears to be, get yourself a new mindset. Start telling yourself, greater is He that is in me than what I face in life. Start telling yourself, my God and my Jesus reign in my life. Start saying, I'm hooked up with God. And together we make up the majority. And no matter what I see, it's got to bow its knee and it's got to change. Hallelujah. That's putting yourself in miracle land. That's positioning yourself to receive a miracle from your God. I want you to turn with me to the third chapter of the book of Daniel, if you would, please. Daniel chapter 3. And I want to share with you some truths that will help you believe your way to success. See, beloved, it's believing prayer. Sometimes people pray, but after they pray, they doubt. Come on. Now, Lord, help me. I just don't know what I'm going to do. 
Oh, you don't know how bad the problem is? Didn't you just say, Lord, help me? Well, yeah, well, if you said, Lord, help me, why are you saying you don't know what to do? If you said, Lord, help me, start saying, the Lord's helping me. Did you ask Him to help you? Then believing prayer says, yeah, that was a problem, but you know what? I've asked the Lord to help me and He's helping me right now. How do you know? Because I asked Him to. That's called believing prayer. Doubting prayer says, well, Lord, help me pay my bills. You go to the mailbox, three bills come in. Lord, I just, helped, I just asked you to help me pay my bills. I got three more. I didn't ask you to send me more. I asked you to help me pay them. Now what am I going to do? See, that's doubting prayer. That's not believing prayer. Believing prayer says, let them all come at once. My God's big enough. My God is able. My God is willing. And to get you out of debt might be a miracle. So praise God, you've got a miracle God. Amen? To get your body back to health might require a miracle, but you serve a miracle working God who's the same yesterday, today, forever and always, never changes and never will. He still works miracles for those who believe today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In Daniel's, uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 3, in verse 16, you may know the story. These three Hebrew children refused to bow their knee to anything or anyone that represented anything that didn't line up with the word of the Lord their God. They were told they couldn't pray. They were told they couldn't worship any God. But the God that the king set up to, to be worshipped. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. We are committed to God. You want to position yourself for miracles? Make the strongest commitment to God that you have ever made. I'm talking about get yourself to where you start saying, I am taking my walk with God more seriously than I ever have. It doesn't matter who comes against me, what comes against me, what temptation, what peer pressure, I am sold out to serving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and every part of my being. That is my position. That's how they were. Even though their lives were on the line and they were told, bow your knee just for a season, Bow your knee at our command. They said, no, we won't do it. We absolutely, positively refuse to do it. You know, every single day the enemy is out there trying to get God's people to bow their knee to the pressure of circumstances, situations, temptations, tests, trials, whatever. The enemy is out there trying to get the believer to bow his or her knee to a wrong influence, wrong motives, wrong desires, wrong actions, whatever. The enemy is out there trying to get God's people to bow the knee. They refused to do it. They said, no, we're not going to do it. Well, the king said, look, if you don't do it, and if you don't worship like I told you to, I'm going to cast you into a burning, fiery furnace. And then he said, Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? 
Now, wouldn't you call that trouble? Wouldn't you call that a difficult situation that they were in? Certainly you would. Certainly you would. They needed a miracle. They needed God to intervene on their behalf. And first and foremost, as I said, these three children were committed to God. They were sold out to God. And right in front of all them, right there before the king, they said, no, we will not bow our knee. Well, you can talk about that for a while, couldn't you? We're not talking about your friend down the street putting a little peer pressure on you to go smoke a cigarette. We're talking about the king and his army staring you eyeball to eyeball and saying, you don't bow your knee. You see that furnace used for capital punishment? That's where you're going. Now bow your knee. They said, no, we won't do it. We're committed to our God. We refuse to do it. Look at verse 16. They were committed, number one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, that is, if you throw us into the burning fiery furnace, look at this, our God whom we serve, notice whom we serve. Are you serving God all the way? Is your whole heart in it? Do you long to love Him and serve Him and do His will? Are you wrapped up in who He is? Are you growing in Him? Are you pursuing Him to know more of Him? To grow in Him? Are you serving God? You're committed to Him. You're serving Him. Listen to what they said. Is able. Everybody say, my God is able. able. Say it again. My God is able. Now, think about your situation that you might be in right now. Think about the difficult uh, circumstance that you're facing right now. Whatever it may be, it may vary in people's lives. But whatever you're facing right now that seemingly is impossible, that is so overwhelming and seemingly so insurmountable that you don't know which way to turn or where to go, think about that. And then start comparing God to it. And say to yourself, my God is able. Say it again, my God is able. He has the resources. He has the ability and the might to deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. To give me victory over the problem. Right in the face of your circumstance, right in the face of adversity, right in the face of the loudest voice that you can hear that tells you, you are defeated, you are whipped, there's no way out, you might as well bow your knee, you might as well well cave in, you might as well give up and face defeat. And it's shouting in both ears from every direction and every angle. Stop right there and say, I serve the living God and my God is able. Tell it to yourself. Tell it to the enemy. My God is able. He has the resources. He has the ability. Whatever it is that I need, 
My God is able. Well able. He told it to his enemy. You asked who's the God that's able to, to, to deliver you out of, out of this, out of mine hand. They said, our God is. He's able. That's, that's also an important factor when it comes to believing your way to success. You're committed to God and you serve Him. Your God is able. Say it again. My God is able. Look at the next part of the verse. To deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and... Everybody say and. He will. Right there, you've got yourself shouting grounds. Right there, you can have yourself a party. If you understand what those two words say, those are grounds right there for shouting. My God not only is able, but my God will. Everybody say with me, my God is willing to deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. He will set me free. He will bring me out. He will take me through. He will empower me, enable me to overcome the biggest problem I face in life. He's able and He will. Hallelujah. Go ahead, shout to the Lord a little bit. Glory to God, because that does make you shout, doesn't it? Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's able and He will. Bold children. These young people knew their God. How did they know Him? Because they served Him. They had a right picture of Him. They had a right image of Him. They had a proper concept of Him. And they kept it before their minds. They rehearsed it in their hearts. The God that we serve, O King, He is able. And the God that we serve, O King, He is willing to deliver us out of Thine hand, O King. Boy, I like that. The God that I serve is able. And the God that I serve is willing to heal my body. The God that I serve is able and the God that I serve is willing to deliver me out of financial failure. The God that I serve is able and the God that I serve is willing to move upon my mind, to bring deliverance into my life. He is able and He is willing to meet my every need, to put me over, to make me a success, to bring me out of defeat and to victory. The God that I serve is able and the God that I serve is willing. Hallelujah. You talk about a new mindset. See, we've got to get people's minds renewed. You know, the saddest thing is to be taught the wrong way. You get taught the wrong way, you think the wrong way, the enemy has you bound up and, and held captive in a place of disadvantage. Why? Because what you believe is what you're going to get in the end. And if you believe wrong, you're going to get wrong. That's the truth. If you believe right, you'll get right. My God is willing and my God is able to deliver me out of your hand, O King. Verse 18. Not only must you serve Him, not only must you know He's able, 
not only must you know that he's willing, you must take a stand. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, let me stop and explain just for a moment for those that may have been taught the wrong way. The but if not is not referring if God doesn't deliver us. They already said He's able and He will. Didn't they say that in verse 17? He will what? Well, if it be so. What's verse 17, if it be so, referring to? If you throw us in the furnace. If you throw us in the furnace, O King, the God that we serve is able and the God that we serve will deliver us out of thine hand. Let's read it again. Let's read the latter part of verse 15. Verse 15 at the end. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? They just, he just said, I'm going to throw you in the furnace. And now you're in my hands. And who is the God that's able to deliver you out of the furnace and out of my hands? Right? All right, look it. If it be so that you throw us in the furnace, our God whom we serve is, number one, able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And look at secondly... And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So if you throw us in, he's able and willing, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, that's if he does, if you don't throw us in. If you don't throw us in, if you don't throw us in, we will never bow. We will never serve. We won't cave in under the pressure. We'll never serve your gods. Do you see that? You don't throw us in, we're not going to bow. We're not going to give in. We are not going to serve your gods or any other. But if not, be it known unto the O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, if that was referring to if our God doesn't deliver us after they're burned up, who would they serve anyhow? Think about it. They couldn't serve anybody. No, they're saying if you don't throw us in, we still won't bow. We still won't bow. We still will not give in under your pressure no matter what. You can't convince us. You ready to take a stand with me? I'm asking you with all the sincerity of my heart, are you ready to take your stand? Because you need to be. And so do I. Because once you take a stand, you're going to meet up with some trouble. I mean it. Listen carefully. Take your stand. I'm not going to bow to fear. I am not going to bow to anxiety. I am not going to bow to emotional distress. I am not going to bow to the disease. I am never going to give in under the pressure to financial destruction or bondage. I will not bow to defeat. I will not faint and give in to despair. 
I will not stop believing that my God is able and willing. I am taking a stand. See, believing in, is involved in praying. And when you pray and say, God, help, God wants you then to believe He is. Those that come to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Say, He is. See, I, He is at work for me. I pray, you are at work, I believe. I take my stand. I position myself for miracles. I'm in miracle land. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to bow my knee. I refuse to give in to defeat. I refuse to accept this into my life, into my body, into my mind, into my finances, into my home. I refuse. God's people have got to get tougher when it comes to taking a stand. I refuse to give in to that temptation. I refuse to give place to anger. I refuse to be under the control of anything or anyone. I refuse to be defeated. They took their stand. Be it known. Let heaven know it. Let anybody that questions you on earth know it. And let every devil and demon under the earth know it. I take my stand. I'm not bowing my knee. Beloved, when you take that stand and you mark yourself as one who believes, get ready for trouble. Get ready for a dogfight. Because in this dogfight is where many give up. See, if you don't expect a dogfight, you're going to give up. If you expect it, you can count it all joy. Now listen carefully. Beginning at verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar happy and glad and rejoiced was the decision of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He danced around the courtyard with joy for his God and said, How wonderful it is that these men love God and that they want to serve Him. Let everybody back off and stay away from them. I wouldn't even consider throwing them into the fire furnace now because they boldly said before me that we believe in our God. Oh, doesn't it say that? Oh, I thought it was... I mean, once they made that statement, I thought everything was supposed to smell like roses. And they're supposed to just live on flower beds of ease. And everybody would just say, oh, I didn't know, and just get out of the way. It doesn't say that, does it? But isn't that what most people think? I made my bold stand. I said, Jesus is Lord. I said, I will not bow to sickness and disease. I won't give in to defeat, financial failure, or anything like that. Glory to God. And then they're in this cloud. They think everything should be peachy king. Coming up roses. Isn't life beautiful? No, no, no. Nebuchadnezzar, look at verse 19 as it really is. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. 
and the form of his visage was changed. See, he liked these guys. But now these men defied him. And his whole countenance changed. I'm telling you, beloved, you get out there and start walking on the water in faith. You get out there and start believing in the realm of faith. And you know what? You are going to infuriate the enemy. You are going to have people spewing out things against you who don't think like you think or believe like you believe. I mean it. You remember when the children of Israel were going to go into the promised land, they spat out the land, and Joshua and Caleb said, hey, let's take the land. We're able to do it. And all the others picked up stones to stone these two men that said, I believe God. We're not talking about heathen. We're talking about their own brothers, their own Jewish brothers stood against them and said, stone them to death. How can they say we can do it? There are giants in the land. Do you see what happens when you start talking the word? Do you see what happens when you position yourself in miracle land? And you start believing the enemy was infuriated. Even though this king loved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he was infuriated. His countenance changed. His whole visage changed. He, his attitude toward them changed. He wanted to, to destroy them now even more. Look at what it says. Therefore was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. So if it was 1,000 degrees, they made it 7,000 degrees. If it was 500 degrees, they made it 3,500 degrees. If you had your choice, would you rather have the 3,500 or the 500 degrees, or does it matter? I don't think it really much matters, does it? No. I don't think this flesh of ours was supposed to be in a burning fire furnace, no matter how hot it is. The point is he was angered, wasn't he? People wonder why. Man, I just stepped out to believe God, and the first thing that happened was it seemed like I had more trouble come my way. That's a sign that you're in faith. That's a sign that God is at work. That is a sign that the enemy is infuriated because you're in the land of miracles and you're believing God. Your faith is out there working for you. And he has to fulfill his duty and responsibility to get you out of that land, to get you removed from that place of miracles and signs and wonders and demonstrations. And so he's going to put the heat on. He's going to put the pressure on you. Come at you every way he possibly can. Why? To get you out of the land. You stay there, you're going to get a miracle. He's got to get you out. He's got to put pressure on you. He's going to come for the word's sake, the Bible said, according to Jesus, and he will use circumstances or he will use people. Joshua and Caleb says, we're well able to take the land. The other spies that went out with him said, what are you talking about? You've got to be kidding. There's giants in the land. They eat up the inhabitants thereof. And they stirred the hearts of the people against Joshua and Caleb, didn't they? So people were involved in saying, you can't, no, you can't believe like that. Man, you can't believe like that. It's an army out there. 
We're nothing. We're small. Listen to what we're saying. You can't do that. You can't believe that. You can't act like that. You're going to get us all killed. Joshua said, no, 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 no. They're bread for us. God's on our side. We can do it. They picked up stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared. Remember the story? And God said, in short, you that spoke against me, you'll die in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb, because they have the spirit of faith, they're going in the promised land. He commanded the most mighty men, verse 20, that were in his army. You ready for this? If Satan has mighty men in his army, he'll find the most mighty men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fire furnace. He's going to stir up people. He's going to use the best of his arsenal to see to it that he breaks your stand. Listen carefully. You have taken a stand. It's his job to break your stand. It's his duty to break your stand. You're saying, I believe God. I serve a God of miracles. He's able, willing, and he will deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. He is going to break your stand if he can. Don't let him. Stand strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Take unto yourself the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Didn't, didn't, that, uh, didn't Paul teach us that in Ephesians chapter 6 about the Spirit of God? And having done all to stand, stand. See, once you've taken your stand, beloved, you're supposed to let go and let God. I've taken my stand. I have staked my claim. It's my land. It's my victory. I've got it. It's my success. It's my healing. It's my deliverance. I win. I refuse to bow to defeat. I refuse to give in under the pressure. You've taken a stand. An arsenal will come at you. It will come at you. The wiles of the devil, the strategies of Satan are going to come at you to get you to break your stand. But are you ready? No. Next in line is to know you are not standing alone. See, sometimes people think, oh, it's just me. I'm by myself. I'm in this thing. Oh, Lord, where are you at? Listen to what he says. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I've called you by thy name. You are mine. You pass through the waters. There's no need to fear. You won't sink. You won't drown. And through the fires, I will be with you and you will not be burned when the heat of temptation comes when the strategies and wiles of the devil come to get you to break your stand no you are not alone let's read on then these men were bound in verse 21 in their coats their hosen their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, 
the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's hot. I just, just think about that just for a moment, that these men gave their lives at the command of the king. We're talking about the mightiest men, right, that he had. To take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the furnace. And in the process, they were burned up by the flames shooting out of the, of the furnace. They gave their lives. And they had to do it because the king commanded them. That was their loyalty. Such loyalty should exist in the hearts of God's children. It did in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to bow to the king because they bowed to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you see that? Now, King Nebuchadnezzar could not protect his mighty men of valor from the burning fire furnace. I said the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, could not protect his men from the burning fire furnace when they threw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But let's read on. 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So the other men died, and the king wasn't able to save them. And they were inside the furnace, on the ground, lying down. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, or astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, wait a minute. The king was not able to save his men, but the king of kings was. I said the king of kings was. See, they fell into the midst of the burning fiery furnace because they were bound up. That means their feet were bound up, their hands were bound up. And when he looked inside, he saw that they were walking. Well, that means the rope was all burned up from around them. And everyone that was bound was loosed. And they saw what appeared to be the Son of God walking with them. They were not alone. Know that you're not alone. They were not alone in the heat of the fire. They were not alone in the heat of battle. They were not alone when the peer pressure was so hot. They were not alone. And you're not alone. I want you to know that your King of Kings and Lord of Lords is able, willing. And when you take your stand, you're not alone. He is with you to deliver you out of the burning, fiery furnace of trial and circumstance, He is walking with you through the fire. Know that you're not alone. Believing involves knowing that you're not alone. I serve the living God, and I say so. Glory to God. And the God that I serve is able. King Nebuchadnezzar wasn't. 
and the God that I serve is willing. Glory to God, He's on my side. I take my stand knowing I'm not alone in this fight. I'm not alone in this battle. No matter how big it appears to be, no matter how insurmountable it may seem, I'm not alone. He's walking with me. I like that. That's personal. Right there in the fire. He's walking with me to deliver me. Hallelujah. And if you can get to this, boy, I'll tell you, this is shouting grounds right here. Know that you're not alone and know the outcome. I said know the outcome. Glory to God, when you know the outcome, beloved, when you know the outcome, you'll have a shout, you'll have a spring in your step, joy in your heart. You know the outcome before it comes. Let's read on. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. I like that. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, captains, king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Know the outcome. Glory to God, know the outcome. What an advantage we have. Look at this test. Look at this trial. Look at this circumstance. We can know the outcome. God gave us an illustration to show us this is the outcome when you believe God. There was no smell of smoke that even passed on them. God put a shield about them. The glory of God encompassed them. The Son of God walked with them in that fire. Glory to God. And even the smell of smoke was not permitted to pass upon them. Why? They believed God. Glory to God. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said... Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Boy, there's a, a time for meditation right there. Did you hear that? I refuse to give in to the God of fear. I refuse to give in to the God of worry. I refuse to give in to the God of envy or jealousy or lust. I refuse to give in to the God of greed. I refuse to give in to whatever comes against me in this life. I refuse to give in. I refuse to serve any other God. I refuse to bow my knee. I serve the living God. I give Him my spirit, soul, and body, a vessel 
that is to be used of him and by him for his purpose in the earth. Now I want to show you the turnaround. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Boy, he changed his tune, didn't he? Then the king promoted Shadrach, promoted, then the king promoted, then the king promoted, then the king made to prosper. Believing your way to success. Believing your way to promotion. Listen carefully. If that king can promote them on earth, glory to God, how much more can your king promote you above the sickness, above the disease, above the calamity, above the tragedy, above the circumstance, above whatever, because you believed him. He promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of of Babylon. God's going to promote you in His kingdom. God is going to promote you in the earth, in your way. God is going to make you to succeed and be a success over whatever it is that has come against you because you dare believe God. Hallelujah. Believe. So once you pray, don't stop. Then believe. And this is an example of believing God prayer. Hallelujah. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.